December the 18th, 2015. That means a couple of things. One, it means it's time for Friday Friday dance parties. Let the shaking begin. Two, it means that it's time for a short break from the One More Verse podcast. Hi everybody, this is John Nix, and I'm so glad to have you join me today as I discuss 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 13 and verses 41 through 43. It seems like this would be the place where Solomon rides off into the sunset and you hear things like, and the whole kingdom lived happily ever after. We've been tracking his life and this young king who shows an incredible amount of discernment and when he has the opportunity to ask God for anything he wants, asks for wisdom. We have this king who continues to show faithfulness and steadfast love toward God in that he over and over and over is seeking to do things in a way that honors the Lord. You have the height of his reign as his building projects come to completion and the temple has been built and God has inhabited the place. It was an incredible and wonderful time. But we have to remember the story of scripture is not a story of people who do everything right and therefore God does great things through them. The story of scripture is that God sets his affection and his love toward a rebellious and, and people who will not listen and who are obstinate and stubborn, the children of wrath, the sons and daughters of disobedience, and he pursues them with his steadfast and faithful love. And so just like with everyone, with the exception of Jesus, everybody that has inhabited this place has sinned. And we find Solomon in a place that would seem almost unthinkable if we had stopped where we were last time. Solomon has come to this place and we find out that he loved all of these foreign women. There is a listing of all of these foreign women that, that he had loved, whether it be Moabite or Ammonite or Edomite or Sidonian or Hittite, all of these nations. And, and there was a strict instruction that the people were not to enter into marriage with them. And they certainly were warned that if they did that, that their heart would turn away after their gods instead of following the one true and living God. And the scripture tells us that Solomon held fast, that he clung to these women in love. It's the same kind of verbiage that we're instructed and have seen as we've been reading the great story of God that we're supposed to have for God only. We're supposed to cling to God and love him above all things. But instead, we read that Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines, and his wives had turned away his heart. Solomon grew old. His wives had turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was no longer wholly fixed on the one true and living God like David, his father. He did outrageous things, like he sought after the Ashtoreth. He he went after all kinds of things, and it doesn't mean that he necessarily participated, but now in the surrounding hills of Jerusalem, there were unthinkable places of worship that had nothing to do with the high king of heaven. This is the same Solomon that when he first entered into a political marriage with Pharaoh's daughter, didn't even want her to be in the city of Jerusalem. And now he has 700 wives and 300 concubines, and he is allowing them to bring all of these influences around God's people. He did all these things for his wives, and those wives made offerings. And they sacrificed to those gods, and the people saw it. And so... 
God was angry. You have to understand when God is angry, he's always just in his anger. This is not some fit of rage that had no basis. This was exactly what he had said. He was angry because the Lord is jealous for his glory. And Solomon had turned his heart away from God. This is the same God who had appeared to him directly twice. And this was a king that was also serving as prophet. And, and in this incredible way, God had, God had clearly commanded him, you cannot do this, and there are consequences that come with it. And so the Lord tells him that since this has been your practice. Now, when it comes to sin, sometimes we get the wrong idea about God. Sometimes we have this mistaken idea that God is just sitting up there in heaven, and as soon as you step out of line, he's just going to zap you, and that's going to be the end of it. But the scripture helps us to understand this is not something that Solomon just fell into one day and you know did one time, and God just got angry and rendered all, those, all this judgment, although he would be just in doing that. But the Bible tells us this is his regular practice and pattern. An ongoing disobedience. He wasn't keeping covenant. He wasn't walking in obedience. And so he speaks something that must have been absolutely terrifying to hear. God says, I'm going to tear the kingdom from you. I'm going to give it to your servant. Not to your son, but I'm going to tear this kingdom from you. And I'm going to give it to your servant. And yet, even in the judgment, we see grace on display. For God says that for your sake, not for your sake, but for the sake of your father and for the sake of Jerusalem, I'm not going to do this while you are alive. This is something that will happen later. It must be a fearful thing to suffer God's anger. To no longer be walking in his favor, but because of the ongoing pattern of disobedience, because his devotion had grown cold and he had been warned about this in the anger, this judgment is passed and it's dreadful. Because he didn't live up to his obligations, the kingdom was going to be torn. God would rend the kingdom from him and a servant would get all of Solomon's glory and his treasure. And even though God tempers all of this with mercy, it's still coming nonetheless. And so as we close out the life of Solomon, the Bible just gives us a little understanding that all the things that Solomon did with his great wisdom still didn't prevent him from finding himself in patterns of disobedience. He reigned in Jerusalem over Israel for 40 years. He reigned for the same amount of time that his father had reigned. However, he didn't split his time like David between Hebron and Israel. He had just reigned in Jerusalem over the entire kingdom all 40 years. And Solomon, the Bible describes it as sleeping with his fathers. When Solomon died, he was buried in the city of David, his father. And and, and as we come to this conclusion, we see that his son Rehoboam is the only son that's mentioned. With all these concubines and all these wives, there is no doubt that he had many, many sons. But the only one that's mentioned is Rehoboam. And his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. And we'll see what's going to happen with that later after the break. But it's important for us to remember Solomon, who had everything imaginable, He had power, he had riches, he had fame, he he was gifted, he had wisdom. There was nothing, it seemed, that he lacked, and yet he couldn't find contentment 
in his pride, perhaps he thought he had to have more wives and concubines than everybody else. It doesn't matter, but he just wasn't satisfied. He just couldn't find contentment. And before we are too quick to cast Solomon under the bus and say, well, it's just that would never happen to me. I think we should assess our own hearts because the truth is we are prone to wonder. We're prone to disobedience. We're very seldom satisfied or content with the things that God gives us, no matter how generous or kind they may be. Oh, I think that we're probably a lot more like Solomon than we want to admit, especially in the United States where we have been blessed in so many tangible ways. I think sometimes we forget God. I think that in our our own selfishness that we can't find that contentment. And so we see Solomon this great and wise king coming to an end that would have seemed unthinkable. And yet it is a reminder because we long for the righteous king, a king that will do everything right, a king that will uphold justice in every way. We long for a king and we celebrate that time when the king made his first incarnation. He made his incarnation here and appeared The word became flesh and dwelt among us, our king. And although his first coming may not have been a a tremendous fanfare accompanied and, and everybody may not know, our king nonetheless came once and our king is coming again. And this king is wise. This king always obeys God. This king will not turn from the Lord. And this king is faithful. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I'd love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Remember, we're taking a short break from One More Verse, so if you got behind, now's a great time to catch up. If you just are thinking about getting started, it's a great time to start. You can find all these uh, things on the app. You can find them on the website, or you can check out our YouTube channel. Guys, thanks for listening to One More Verse. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>